A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, episode 144. My name's Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy. Um, and this podcast, like the next couple as well, and the previous one, is powered by our really good friends at Golf Bidder. Yes. Uh, last week, we announced the uh, partnership, and to be honest, the reception was huge because we mentioned as well, they have a little match against a certain Peter Finch where yep. they both spend £500, and people seem to absolutely love it. Peter's responded, breaking news, breaking news, <laughs> breaking news, Peter's responded, he said he'll be ready on a first tee. He's also said on social media that he's away out of the country for like the next five weeks, so we're gonna, when are we going to do it? Soon. When and where? To be honest, five weeks is probably good for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm on holiday and I've got other bits going on, so you know what? Five weeks gives me time to start hitting my driver better. Your driver's really gone downhill. Everything else. And my chipping and putting got better. Your chipping's got miles better. Um, my putting's, putting's been pretty good. nice. Your putting's been good from like, not amazing on long putts, but six foot in, you're banging them home. Your driver though, I, I don't want to say pathetic, but I'm, I'm leaning more towards yeah. that. We've got, this is a guest episode as well. And <laughs> on, the guest, on the show today, we've got Will Davidson, who's a tour caddy. And we've just been out on the golf course and he's caddied for me. So let's, uh, let's wait for the full bashing of my golf game from Will. But obviously... The announcement of the partnership last week with Golf Bidder went down really well. Loads of comments, exciting times. Um, and we've had one entry into the Dear Rick pot. entry pot at the moment. Yeah. And I believe you've got another one It's for a us. huge pot with one little name in there so far. Uh, we've actually had... Um, it's I bet funny. Had, I think you've had loads this it's week. It's funny, isn't it? We ask for emails quite a lot, and we get a good amount of emails. Email us, podcast at rickshields.com. However... When you say there's a prize pot and there's a golf bidder gift card, the amount yet to be disclosed, suddenly get a lot of influx of emails <laughs> and letters and posts and everything. Uh, however, I've got a good one and I picked them for different reasons. So there's been a lot of clickbait titles. I like it. I respect it. They did get my attention. But I also sometimes read the ones that I think I want to see how you answer it. Okay. Okay. So this is a good one. Again, they're all going to be anonymous. Um, if you win, though, you'll obviously get an email back to say you've won. So you'll know. And you'll, obviously your email would have been read out. This one, though, it says, Dear Rick. And then he also put Anga in brackets. And he put, I know this helps. So again, he got he got in. They put me in there. He, 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 he knows. knows. He just knew. So then he's put the title of the email, How do I keep my partner happy? Okay. 
You, well, you're the kind of guy who knows to keep your partner happy, aren't I you? I try my best. We've been married for nearly 10 years. Nice. And uh, been together for 15 years. So I'd like, yeah. You Give know me three what? top tips then before this it, email. It's her birthday today. Yes. And I'm here doing podcasts and been out filming. But tonight I'll treat her, I'll wine her, I'll dine her. Okay, keep I'll, talking I to me. I won't, finish, <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I, won't I won't finish the rest of that sentence. Um, three but, top tips, how to treat your partner well. Communication. Oh, nice. Um, By WhatsApp. Uh, communication, um, honesty, Ooh. and um, understanding. Wow. Check out my new podcast, <laughs> Rick Shields of the Love Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay well you you sound like the qualified guy to answer this email then okay, so go on. okay my partner recently uh joined well it doesn't quite make sense but joined the love of golf but basically my partner recently in, in lockdown got into golf okay however recently she has been complaining that i never make time to play golf with her and only with my dad how do i keep both parties happy i enjoy playing golf with both my dad I'm a partner. However, she isn't anywhere near the same standard as me and my dad. So therefore, it's not always as enjoyable. Um, what should I do? That's a good one. So it's, it's, it's tricky because like all of us, we've probably had friends who've got into golf. Yes. And when you get into golf, guess what? It's not very easy and it's hard and, you, and people struggle because it's challenging. Mm. And if you've played golf for a long time, it's sometimes hard then to kind of sit in a group with a golfer that's struggling. As much as you want to encourage him, you want to keep him going, um, you can be conscious of people around you. I think certainly, let's say this anonymous emailer is, is a member of a golf club and so is his dad, and they're out on the golf course playing. You know, if their partner might be a bit slow and kind of new to the game, which obviously everybody has to learn, everybody has to go through those stages... They might be quite conscious that people are coming up behind them and playing behind them and, you know, suddenly they're getting a bad reputation for being slow and all this. But um, for me, I would say there's a couple of things you should do. You should try. I think different formats help a lot, massively. So I think there's formats out there where he can play with his dad and his partner and everybody's happy. Like team games. I love team games, me. Yeah. Like, you know what I would almost just play? I would recommend three. Something what they call, I, I play in pro quite a lot when I play in these like pro-arms like BMW and things like that. Texas, um, Tour Pro Scramble. Mm -hmm. Everybody tees off. You choose the best tee shot and then you play your own ball from yep. there. So it's just, and, and you could even extend that because again, in some of these pro-arms, pars your friends. It's all about making net birdies. Anything over a net birdie doesn't matter. You can yep. pick it up if you choose to. That's a good format. Something like a Texas Scramble or a Scramble where you're playing as a team. I even like the fact that if he's pretty good and his dad's pretty good, why not do where they play alternate shots with the partner? So it's like two versus one. So him and his partner versus dad, but maybe um, the guy and his partner, his wife, his girlfriend or whatever, they play alternate shots and play against the dad. I think there's ways to Question for you though. I like how you're trying to, you're trying to think of ideas of how they could have more fun and play, but is this not the whole point of a handicap system? That if she's not as good, she gets more hand, she gets more shots to then make it a fair match. I, I probably don't think it's a match thing though. I think it's, it's more it's just slow potentially and doesn't yeah. I think it's more the fact that if if let's say again, he's a good player, his dad's a handy player, they're smashing it down there at two hundred and fifty yards, and she's quite new. And anybody that is new, it, it's not 
it's a hard game to pick up straight away. She's only hitting it 50 yards off the tee or she might duff it or it happens to any new golfer. It's quite a long process. They might have hit one golf shot and she might have hit four or five golf shots to get to their one. Surely the simple solution should be he just plays more golf. He plays his partner and she's (laughs) unhappy. And he says, right, I played with you on Wednesday after work. So on Saturday I'm playing with my dad. She can't really complain. She says, well, it's my dad's day today. So you could play double amount of golf. That's another good way of doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's a nice situation to be in. It is. The, the, I'm sure there's many, many people listening that would love to play golf with the dad. Mm-hmm. Either, whether the dads have passed away or they're not being able to um, play anymore, they don't know the dads or whatever it is, or the dads don't play golf. I'm sure there's loads of people listening would love to play with the dad, so he should treasure that time and that moment. And I'm sure there's loads of people who would love to play with the partners. They're just taking a very, like, Sorry, part deep. of me thought we were going to start doing, like, role plays, rather with the girlfriend, and you'd be the, the <laughs> I mean, like, a phone call, and now going to really stop. But I think you're right. No, it is. And I think some, now, and it's very easy to to overlook it, celebrate these times out in the golf courses with people you love. And I think oh, sometimes, wow. like, it, it can happen where suddenly something happens, and he won't be able to have that time on the golf course with his dad. Or his girlfriend or whatever. Speaking of being on the golf course with people you love, I'm going to tw- just slightly tweak that to being on the golf course with people that you quite like slash tolerate. <laughs> Our break 75 and me versus you went out on Friday. Oh, yeah. And uh, we can, you know, a bit of a spoiler before we get Will on. Uh, we played golf, break 75, Dunham Forest. Um, you beat me, well done. Thanks. Thanks. Very good. I thought wow. You were gonna, I thought you were <laughs> <laughs> wow. Golf pro beats amateur. Yeah. Aren't you hard? You were so chuffed with yourself. No, you played very nicely, uh, as always. Uh, I, what annoyed me about that round of golf, and this always happens with golf, there's going to be something that annoys you. I was playing quite tidy golf, getting it round nicely, four apart on the 18th tee, which for me, I'm going to take all day long. And as per St. Andrews, when I lost my head and um, I just melted. And come off with a treble bogey on 18. You did very well to get around that golf course, only hitting driver once. I know. Call me Tiger Woods. So I think I think you managed your game well. I think you hit some really, really good shots, but also there was a mixture of of not great ones. Um, like I said, that tee shot on 18 wasn't your finest, but um, it's one of, the, one of those things. <laughs> like, considering you turned up to the golf course, remember you saying, I've been to driving range this weekend, I've hit every shot terrible. Yeah. What was that this week's That was episode, That was this week. So this week, that... So, Dunham Forest is the good one, and then this week's break 75 is where we were raving out last time. That's at Wallasey. Oh, yeah. So, there's some good videos in the can, and today's one... Really good. It's another good one. That'll be coming out next Friday. Getting into today's video, should we get our guest on? Absolutely. I'm excited for this one. Let's welcome Will Davidson. And just like that, you're here. Will, thanks for coming on the podcast, pal. Yeah, glad to be back. It's... Uh, it's been a minute, as you you describe it. It's been a minute since we been first ever, 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 ever met. Yeah, it has. It, can, you uh, mem- can you remember exactly where it was? Oh, it oh was... Uh, it's going to be embarrassing if you don't. It was 2015. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. 2015. In? Was it in Scotland? No. Uh-uh. Right, next guest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we met in Turkey. Oh, that's right. Because you were caddying, you were caddying for Hao Tong Lee, and I played in the Turkish Airlines um, pro am. That's right. And we knocked it around. Yeah, we and did. It was good fun. It we was. Ex- we exchanged details at the end of it. That's right. And uh, we've been 
I, I thought, I thought really close friends ever since, but obviously you can't even remember when we first met. Um, but yeah, no, Will, you are a tour pro caddy, right? Yeah. Yep. You have caddied for Hao Tong Lee, as I mentioned. Yep. Beef. Yep. Andrew Johnson. Yep. Um, Anne Van Dam. Anne Van Dam, yes. Smiley Kaufman. Smiley Kaufman. And currently, Lexi Thompson. Lexi Thompson. Have I missed anyone out there? Did you do uh, Ross Fisher? I did work for Ross Fisher for uh, about seven, eight months, um, right before COVID. So yeah. So you are an official tour pro caddy. I've got nine full years under my belt now. What does it feel like? What's you know, it like? What's it like being a caddy? It's one of those things. It's like back in the day, it was a job that I would never even considered. You know, I grew up playing golf. Grew up wanting to to be in the golf business somehow, some did, way. Did you want to be a player? I, you know, obviously everybody wants to be a player, but, you know, are you really good enough to be that player? Yeah. Probably not. Um, but, yeah, I. Uh, the, it's funny how it started, really, and uh, started with, with Smiley, actually. I grew up playing against Smiley in junior golf, you know, AJGAs, BJs back in, in the States. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we just hit it off, came good buddies. Um, he went to LSU. I went to Auburn. Didn't see each other for three years or so. Um, after college, he decided to turn pro. I ran into him at a Barons baseball game, which is the minor league ball club in Birmingham. So really random. Really random. Hadn't seen him in uh, a year. Ran into him. He said, oh, what are you doing right now? And I said, well, I just got off shoulder surgery, just been doing some rehab and whatnot. And he says, well, I'm, I'm going to turn pro in a couple months. You want to do Q school with me? And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything, so sure. Why not? Let's do it. You've just had a shoulder injury, but if you fancy <laughs> carrying a bag for four really days. Heavy golf well, and you know what's funny is I actually said, well, I, I can carry it on my left. I'll be fine with that. Not thinking tour bag, all that jazz. Just thinking, yeah, I can carry my bag on my left anyway, right? No, no way. But. So I, I want to dive into Smiley Kaufman very quickly yeah. before we go into the rest of your journey. Obviously, he has, he has had a very, very interesting life on tour. Yeah. Um, when, he, when he first turned pro, was he, was he really good? Like, was he as good as, as he should have been? Because he's obviously had some issues out on the golf mm-hmm. course now, and I'm guessing they're mental, more mental issues. Um, was it was he amazing when he first turned pro? Yeah, he, he was, you know, growing up, he was a great player. Um, and Birmingham, you know, won a bunch of the junior events and stuff like that. I mean, everybody kind of knew who Smiley was growing up in Birmingham. Well, if you have a name like Smiley, it's well, not that's many Smiley's, is there? That, this is true. Very true. Um, but, yeah, you know, he was, he was a good player. And when... He went to LSU. He didn't crack the starting rotation for, I think, three years. Didn't get on the team, is that? He was on the team. He was on scholarship at, at LSU, but didn't really play a whole lot, didn't really um, crack the starting rotation consistently. Um, and then his senior year, you know, finally cracked the – it, it just no, opened I up. I have no idea what crack the starting rotation means. Meaning he got into the top five guys that are playing every week, you know, week in, week out. Right. Okay. So I think like, like Auburn, when I was there, I think they had 14 players on the team. I get you. Um, but the only the top six play in each tournament each week. Wow. Okay. So it's a, you know, it's a grind to try and get it's into competitive, that. It's isn't very it? competitive. It's College make, golf is very competitive. It's what makes you good at that age though, isn't it as well? Competitive yeah. golf consistently all the time against other really good players. Yeah. I kind of feel like I wish I'd encountered that. It would definitely improve you. You've got to be on 100%. your game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's either going to make you or break you. 100%. Yeah. Well, You're either going to know I've got the minerals to do this, or you're going to be, get beat every week and go, I'm not good yeah, enough it's to not do for this. me. What's funny is actually, and jumping off, off what we were just talking about there for a second, but like when I was at Auburn, there were the starting five, 
I think four out of five of them are, are on tour and still on tour today. Wow. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Like, Crazy. there's no chance I would crack. I could try to walk on, and I'd be 14 of 14. It, it ain't going to happen, <laughs> so, you know. So what, what's happened, again, just quickly, what's yeah. happened to Smiley now? So Smiley, um, he's, he's gone through some injuries. Um, he had a left wrist injury, a right elbow injury, you know, back-to-back, you know, maybe didn't heal properly, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's, it's funny. His game is still really, really good. Um, I go and play with him in Birmingham quite often, actually. Um, he, I think two times ago we went and played, and he shot 63 bogey-free. Granted, it was his home course, but uh, lost a couple bucks to him that day for sure. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's, the game's there. You know, it's just I feel like when we get into a tournament, and I went and caddy for him down in Puerto Rico probably four months ago, um, the Puerto Rico Open with him, and hit the ball great, just have a few that don't quite – you know, the fa- club face gets left a little bit open or closes just a hair, which we all do from time to time. Of course. Um, and, you know, it's it's just everything's amplified when you get to a, a, a situation like tournament PGA Tour golf. When you've got crowds and you've got people Correct. and you've got cameras and you've got right. pressure and you're playing for right. money. And also for him, he'll have a bit of a stigma that he has to kind of get over this hill really and start playing again. Yeah. But, but anyway, I, I just wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit because I was, I was quite intrigued about the past. But... Obviously, right now, mm-hmm. you're on the bag of one of the most famous lady golfers ever in Lexi Thompson. You've been on the bag for her for how long now? It's actually going to be a year this week. Is it really? Yeah, That's so it was great. right after the Open last year. Um, she's a huge name in the world of women's golf. Mm-hmm. How does how does all, like, the, let's say, the politics of it all work out? Like, if you, how did you know that Lexi had a bag free did you approach her does she approach you how does all that work behind the scenes so i knew so she and her caddy split at the olympics actually of all places is it is it like a jobs board a caddy's <laughs> jobs board anyway <laughs> uh yeah you know it's like a big uh big post-it <laughs> note and everybody just kind of sticks up who who wants to work with who and you know run some strings back and forth but no it's uh it's one of those things where it's just kind of word of mouth like um you know, I knew that somebody told me that she and her caddy had split at the at the Olympics. Um, we were headed over to play. Anne and I were headed over to play the Scottish and the British. Because you Open. were caddying for Anne Van Dam. Correct. I was, yeah. And, um, you know, that, that job became open right after the Olympics, like I said. Went and finished the Open. Was on my flight back. Was actually talking to um, Jason, Nellie Corda's caddy. And we were just talking. He's like, yeah, I don't know who's going to get the Lexi job and whatnot. And I just kind of started thinking, it's like, you know, I've worked for Curtis, her brother. I've done some some weeks with him. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not one to kind of go look out and, and say, hey, I want to jump from bag to bag to bag. But it was just something inside. I was like, you know, this is just an opportunity I might not get again. And so I reached out, um, actually reached out to uh, her dad and uh said something said hey look you know i'm i would certainly be interested in in talking to you guys um and by the time i landed from the uk back in in alabama uh i had a message from him saying hey yeah let's uh let's talk and i think we talked for 20 30 minutes and basically he said look we're, we're looking at a couple other people as well but you know we're, we're certainly interested in you as well and i said okay great and uh two days later he said hey look let's do this let's let's do the rest of the year see how it goes and Rock and roll, and, and now we're now like, we're in a year. It's like a really like informal job interview, isn't it? It is. It's like it is. You, you hear about a job coming up, and did you ever did you ever get? 
an idea of how many caddies they were looking for at that point. Obviously, sorry, they were looking for one, but right. you know how many people, they were, how many caddies they were actually I talking don't. to? I don't. And I, and you would think like somebody like that probably has, you know, there's probably a number of guys that were like, hey, look, you know, I'd certainly be interested. Um, I don't actually know that number. Um, you know, I know that, you know, like Zalator's bag just came open the other day. Ricky Fowler's bag just came open. So I'm sure that there's plenty of people around in the caddy world that are like, hey, let's, you know, I want to put my name in for this. So when you went, you kind of pitched yourself forward for that job and you spoke to a dad, what was the biggest thing kind of on your CV that you used to kind of show yourself? Was it the fact that you kind of fit for beef or for Ross Fisher or for how, what was it that like, you kind of really leveraged? Yeah, well, it, you know, it helped that I caddy for a brother, yes. um, Curtis. That obviously, you know, kind of knew the family um, from years back. I actually knew Curtis. Curtis played at LSU with Smiley, met Curtis through Smiley. It's funny how it all comes around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's just like it, knowing Curtis really helped. They kind of had a comfort there, you know, kind of put me maybe a, a hair above everybody else, but you know, they, they do want to know like, Hey, what, what have you done? You know, what did you do prior to working with Ann? Um, and obviously being out there with Ann, you know, they've seen how, how we've played before we played with Lexi once or twice when we were out there, um, played a practice round with her. So, I mean, you know, we were at least like already, you knew we, comfortable you knew with each, each other, other. Yeah. yeah, comfortable with each other in a way, and so I think that was just the the biggest difference um, because everybody can caddy, like all these not everybody, all the guys out there already um, yeah, can professionals caddy. Ca- professional caddies can caddy, right? They can caddy, and, but and it's, it's just more personality, just a, a chemistry, like hundred who, who gets on with who, you know, what type of person, hundred percent, and who gets the best performance out of the player, I guess, because yeah. it comes down to that, like as much as. You've got to just carry a golf bag. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. There's so much that goes into it. Like, we've just been out on the golf course this morning. Right. And we've just played. And I'll be honest with you, I played pretty poor today. I've, seen, first, I've seen you play better. For the first eight holes, I was all over the show. But having you on the bag today made me understand the value of having that that reassuring, you know, voice that, okay, don't worry. I think after seven holes, you went, it's one of those days where it's a bit of a grinding day today. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And, you you know, you gave me words of encouragement when I needed it and maybe backed off when I was a bit more heated or whatever it may be. But I definitely think, and I'm not going to give away the result today, I think I would have shot six or seven shots worse if, it, if you weren't on the bag today. And that's at my level. So you think at pro level, tour sure. pro level, um, you know, there is a massive advantage of having a really good caddy who can put you at ease, who can help you perform at your peak optimum performance, you know, and that's so valuable. And that's why you obviously get cuts of the winnings. You get, right. uh, you get a retainer as well, as well or not? Is it yeah. all? Yeah. Yeah. So we get a weekly retainer. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like your responsibility. And that's, we spoke about this on the golf course recently. The word, when tour pros are now talking at press conferences, they talk about we a lot, don't they? Yeah. They talk about yeah. we as in the player and the caddies mm-hmm. relationship. That feels like it's changed a lot because it is more like a team now. And I think that's becoming more apparent um, as the kind of game grows. I, I would agree with that. I, I would say that, you know, back in the day, back, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago when, when you know, guys were out on tour with caddies, you know, it was almost like, hey, pull this guy from the parking lot and you're carrying my bag today for you know, for six bucks, you know, what's your name? You know, that's, that's kind of how it it sounded like in back then. And now it's, it's, it's turned into much more of a, um, Hey, look, we've got to have the right personality. We've got to, you've got to learn my game. We've got to make the right decisions. 
But I agree with you. It has turned into a we thing because there's so much more that goes into it than yep. just obviously carrying the bag. I think when you when you look at like the relationship that Tiger and Steve Williams had and 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 how powerful that was, I think he actually became the richest sportsman in New Zealand, he didn't did. he? For, for I, being yeah, I believe so. And I think that for, for me that really opened my eye to the importance of like, the team element. And you see, obviously, that famous embrace. I think it was the was it the Open that Ty Gordes won after his dad had passed oh, away. I think. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. he, and he and Steve like hugged. And that was obviously more than just a caddy relationship. They were close buddies at the time. I think Tiger was his best man, actually. But you could just tell there how yeah. important that kind of friendship is and that kind of... You're everything, aren't you? kind of a friend. You're almost an, you're an employee, but you're also... You know, a psychiatrist, I guess, to some degree, a psychologist. Absolutely. You do so many things on the oh, golf I'm a, course with a mental them. coach. Yeah. yeah, everything. Yeah, absolutely. And all, and all, it sounds that like a bit of security as well. Yeah, like yeah. security. You have to you have to make sure the crowd aren't being 100%. loud. Hundred percent. You've got to you've got you've got to stand there and tell somebody who's moving to shut up. You've got to tell the camera guys to move out of the way yeah. or be quiet. You know, because a player's not often going to do, it, is it? No, no, no. I, I love jumping on people whose phone goes off. That's my big thing. It was a bit much there though when people were walking down the fairways and Will was shouting at him across the. Shut up! Rich made a shot here, man. Oh yeah. What's uh, what's your go to if someone's phone goes off? Oh, I've got a couple. My my favorite one is, uh, hey, you know, we're at a golf course. You know, let's silence the phones here. Is that what he's you like? Know, something like that, or, or I, I like being a little smart with it. You know, just kind of like. Uh, you know, um, telling them without telling them, telling them without telling them without being rude, but kind of still being funny in a way <laughs> um, so that everybody else gets it. And they're like, oh, yeah, hold on, let me, you know, let me let me make sure this phone's off here, because that's what that's what happens is you'll get one go off and then another one will go off. And then once I say something, then you get you turn it. If you ever watch me say something to somebody with a phone, you'll see 10 people around them all look and be like, OK, make yeah. sure to make <laughs> sure my phone's on silent here. You know, um, obviously, every, we've said this, I think, with, with Lee Westwood when we had him on the podcast. So many golfers have such different relationships with the caddies. So some people mm-hmm. like Harry Diamond and Rory are literally best friends. Right. Other people, it's very much a work relationship. I guess, though, obviously, you and Beef, I know, were very friendly. You yeah. still are very good buddies. Mm-hmm. Is it a different feeling on, on the bag, on the LPJ, to when you're on the bag of maybe a, a bloke and you're more pally, or you still kind of... Fr- how does it? Does, is there a difference overall, or is it just very, very similar? It, it's very similar in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Anne and I were, were very close. We had a great relationship. Um, you know, would grab dinner, uh, you know, once once a week, once every two weeks, something like that. Um you know, off days we'd go play pickleball in the states. I know we've talked about that paddleball here, um, but you know we would go do stuff like that. Uh, and same with Lexi. Lexi, we don't obviously go play pickleball or anything like that. That's not really her thing. But um, you know, like we'll, you know, we have a great relationship outside of golf. That is a you know a solid personal relationship. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I mean, you know, I can, we text during the week, like, hey, what's up? How's your day? Like, you good? Um, she'll send me videos of her putting in her house, being like, you know, hey, do you see anything here? You like this? Well, you know, and I'm just like, hey, I love it. You know, rolling great. And she'll send me swing videos, stuff like that. That's, even though it's golf related, it's still, hey, you know, what do you think? Yeah. And, and that's, and that's important in a player caddy relationship, in my opinion, to be able to do that. Um, whereas I'm not just somebody who shows up on, you know, Sunday or Monday and it's like, Hey, yeah. how you been? Yeah. Good don't to see you again. Spoke to you all week. That right. is the case. Some guys, I wasn't it. They have that. It kind. Is. Would you not like to ever do that then even for the right bag? If someone no, I, I would rather have that, that relationship yeah. and that, you know, that ability to reach out and be like, Hey, look, you know, Hey man, you know, my, my mom's sick or sister's sick. Um, you know, I might be there on Tuesday. Are you cool with that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like have that relationship to where, you know, you can ask for stuff like that or, or Hey, I need you to sign like three gloves. You, you cool with that? Like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. That type of stuff. Whereas right. I feel like if you're, if you're just a showing up on Monday, I, I feel kind of weird doing that. Is there, I don't think there's any on, the, well, sorry, what man about? Of course there is. I was just saying then there is obviously in the world of gents golf, there is, Lee Westwood has his mm. wife caddying for him right. a lot. Is there a lot of is there a lot more examples of that in the ladies' game? Is there a lot more husbands and boyfriends caddying for the the wives and girlfriends out there? So I will definitely say there's definitely more husbands, girlfriends, wives on the LPJ. However, a lot of none of them caddy for each other. Wow, which is really, really? kind of hot. right. So. So Ashley well, Buha, Ashley Buhai, who just won the Open this yeah, week, yeah, yeah. Um, her husband Dave caddies for J Lee Six. Really? No way. Yeah, because they yeah. had a massive embrace on the eighteen. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so won. he he's he's caddied he caddies for J Lee Six. So oh my yeah, god, they, I never knew that. There's uh, let's see who else that is could out there? get strange in a playoff because obviously there was a playoff the Open. Mm-hmm. Imagine, Imagine well, how would that work? Here's here's another one. Is so Madeline Sagstrom, her boyfriend. Uh, caddy for J. Mary Green, but she's now having a, taking a medical for some injuries. Uh, but he now caddies for Sophia Popoff. So you're talking, 
you know, there's numbers of different things. And there's a couple others out there as well that like date other players, but they don't, none of them caddy for them. And is this sounds, I don't know if it is the wrong thing to say, but have, have they met on the scene? Did they, like, have they met out on tour? Have, have caddies met yeah. players out on tour yeah, and then definitely. got together? Do you know what I mean? As in, it's mm-hmm. like, it's more, you know, because a lot of time traveling around, and if in that environment, I'm guessing there's, there's, a lot of is there a lot more male caddies in the women's game? Am I right in saying? Yeah, that? there is. What's there the is. what's the kind of split? Would you say? Oh, I would say, I would say of the say 156 players playing in the field, you'll have um, four to five that are female caddies. Oh, so 90 plus yeah. percent. Oh wow. Yeah. So there's obviously there, and that doesn't happen in the men's game. It's no, the opposite very, way around. It's very 99.9 percent. Yeah. It's a it's mm-hmm. a man. You think in that setting where you've got a load of male caddies, a load of female golfers, mm-hmm. you're, you're out and around, and do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I you know, we travel like, the same place every week. I bet it's weirdly, like, political as well. Like, not political, but, like, dramatic. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it rumors, certainly can be. Like, at night, you see, like, oh, where's he off to? I wonder where, where, he's, where she's well, where well, she well, hey, heading that's, towards. That's, you know, <laughs> hey, look, a lot of the players, they stay in, like, one hotel, but none of the caddies ever stay in that same hotel. We like to branch out and go different places, and part of the reason is we don't really want to see them. Like, no. We don't want them to know what we're going to do. You know, it's not that we're doing anything bad. It's just like I don't, I don't need to give my player a reason to be like, "Hey, why are you, you know, why are you slow today? Like, why, why are you fumbling with your words today? Were you out, you know, partying last night?" You know, you alluded to before that you, you see it more like a team these days, which is good. You know, the golfer refers to it as we and, and a team and stuff. I might be wrong in saying this, so, but I feel like twenty, thirty years ago, certainly we saw actual golfers, footballers. There was more like drinking involved. It's got a mm. lot more serious. I imagine that was the same for caddies 20, 30 years ago. There'd be a lot more nights out and, and maybe a bit more rowdy. Our caddies now, I guess is, this is the answer is yes, but our caddies these days are a lot more taking it super seriously. And it's getting almost like competitive between the caddies and taking fitness more into it and things like that. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still the guys that go out and, you know, have a good time. I mean, and even like if like we're in Europe, um, you know, I'm going to go out and have a pint. You know, because it's like I don't get to do that all the time. It's just different. If I'm in Ireland, I'm going to go have a Guinness. You know, it's just I'm going to go do that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely gotten to where guys really dial in more to their jobs versus, hey, let's this is a job that's fun, and I'm going to go out and have, you know, some drinks with the guys. Granted, there are still guys that do that, uh, and they do a great job, and they're great at what they do. But, yeah, I would definitely say that there are – it's moved more in the last – 10, 15, 20 years to, hey, this is this is a job. I, it's a very lucrative job, and I'm going to really dial into what I do. Yeah. So I usually don't like – I'm not a guy really to go out and party during the week. I, I, I'm i more of a homebody. I stay at the hotel and or the Airbnb or whatever we're at. I'd rather cook and, and watch some TV or something, but that's just me. When you're traveling around, how, how does your accommodation things get looked after? Do you have to do all that yourself? Yeah, I do everything myself, book my own flights, um, you know, book my own hotels. Now, usually, like, we'll split hotel rooms or Airbnbs. A lot of us like to stay in Airbnbs. With, with other caddies. Yeah, yeah, with other caddies. And, like, we, we kind of rotate. Like, some of the caddies, you know, Paul may may book it this week. Mike may book it next week. You know, Bruce, Bruce may book it this week. I may book it the week after that. So, we kind of it kind of evens out. Um, now, obviously, we all pay each other for the rooms and stuff like that. But it's just like, hey, yeah, it's your way to go book something. It's your round. Yeah, basically. Do you share tips? Hotels. Do you sit there and say, oh, that green on seven slopes more than you think? And you know like, it. We do. Yeah. We actually, we sit there at night. Uh, some of us are really big golf nerds. So we'll sit there at night and like look at the books and be like, oh, yeah, do you, you get that that uh, 
that sprinkler on on six, you know, middle of the fairway was actually I, I shot at three down, not four down. Like, we'll yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. We'll we'll change it on the book, and then, um, you know, we'll get like, uh, oh yeah, I don't I don't think you know I think there's that's too slow for a pin. There won't be a pin there. You know, we I, I marked it off eight yards is way too close to be a pin. You know, there's too slow to be a pin or whatever. So we we definitely talk about different ever, golf stuff. Do you ever tell people false information? Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> you have to hit driver. What about the out bounds? Well, no, you have to hit driver. <laughs> I feel like that's a bad karma. You'd be like, uh, yeah, that that book's wrong. Every everything's yeah. wrong in that book. Yeah. No, I feel like that I've is. I've made I've made my own book, and there it is, and it's all it's all in yeah, exactly. This, this one's a lot better. Please, please read this book. Well, um, is is an interesting question. Can you name for me? Can you remember and relay it your best memory of something you've done as a caddy out on tour? Like golf related? Is there a moment that you've gone, wow, that was my best moment as being a caddy on tour? Oh, uh, yeah, I can actually. Um, and it goes all the way back to one of my first weeks on the European tour. It actually was my first week on the European tour with Alton. Really? Yep. And I think that was the some of the best. I was the most amateur caddy out there by far. But I think that was some of my best caddy I've ever done. Really? In what way? What's that? How did you so, describe that? So, how Tong, we were, this is uh, Volvo China Open. Um, which he we would have had a big following over there. Huge following, yeah. He was number one player in China. Um, you know, he was eighteen, nineteen at the time. Um, yeah, we we shot like four under. Let's see, four under, five under, six under, and then ended up shooting eight under in the final round, and just some blackout golf to w- win it. Yeah, they ended up winning it. And but what I this was where I thought the my best caddying came from is so we had we had. Trying to think if we had a lead. I think we had a either tied for the lead or one shot lead going into sixteen, right? So it was a par three. We hit it on hit it on the green, two putt, make our our par. We were in the second to last group, so there's a group one group behind us, um, <laughs> and we get to seventeen, and I was kind of like kind of checking back just to kind of see you know what the group behind us did or whatever, and we had teed off before they had hit their shots down, so I was like, well, I can't see it or whatever. And so we get to 17, hit a great shot off the tee, get to our second shot, and he absolutely puts one of the worst swings I've ever seen on it, but it goes just pen high or just behind the pen, four or five foot. Um, you know, ended up being a great shot, but like the swing. If you ever go back and look at how Tom's swing a on 17, yeah, it at Volvich, oh, it was, it was, it was flipped and it was, it was ugly, but you know what? The, 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 the finish was, was great. Yes. Well, so the camera guy who was filming us after that shot had like a look. He, he kind of looked at me funny after we'd hit that shot. We were kind of walking up to the green, and his eyes were big, and I just was like, you know, hey, we're good. And he was like, um, I can't remember who was leading. Uh, Aguilar was, was, was leading. Um, and he goes, he just hit it into the water on 16. He goes, he's probably going to make he's probably gonna make bogey at the least. Ca- and the cameraman's telling you the this. The cameraman's telling you this, I think he should right? be telling you this. Well, I mean, I was going to see it on the next scoreboard anyway, yeah. but, um, you know, it was like our first week out there and they were kind of like pulling home open, you know, kind of pulling for us or whatever. And <laughs> we get to the green. So now I'm kind of like, okay, all right, let's see if he makes bogey, makes double or whatever. Well, we make the putt, we birdie it. Right. And so we're walking to 18 T box and the cameraman's looking at me again. His eyes are even bigger this time. And he goes, Hey, he, he made double back there. He goes, you got a three-shot lead. With two, two. With, with one, to, one play. to play. 
right? And so Hao Tong had no idea. He hadn't looked at the at the leaderboard. He thought that we were going to be tied because remember we were one down yeah. going into 16 or whatever. So we're on 18 and uh, Hao Tong, he, he's like, yeah, driver. I said, yep, driver. Same thing. You know, same thing we've hit for four days, you know, for, for three days before that. Hit driver, perfect, no problem. It's a par five, water up the uh, right, on down, the right. Down the right, isn't yep, it? Yep, And uh, we're in the middle of the fairway, giving the number to the to the front of the green and the flag. And he uh, he just immediately pulls three wood. And I said, how tong? I said, this is a seven iron. He looks at me and goes, well, we got to make birdie here. So we might have to make eagle. I said, how tong? Trust me here, this is, this is a seven iron. We need to just lay up. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, we have a three-shot lead. We need to lay up. And he goes, well, how do you know? I said, well, I looked at the scoreboard in the last green when we were walking off. I said, and the cameraman told me that he made double on 16. We have a three-shot lead, so you're hitting seven iron. And I handed him the seven iron, right? Middle of the fair, I said, so you're hitting seven it's iron. It's like a tin cup moment, yeah. isn't it, really? Right, yeah. So then it gets even better with this. So we get hit the seven iron. He, he asked me like five times, can this reach that bunker? I said, how long you can hit this as hard as you want. And it will never reach that bunker. Okay. You're good. Hits the bunker, hits it. Perfect. So we have, <laughs> I'll never forget it. We have 104 yards to a back, right pin yep. water behind on the right. You don't want to be long. Cause it's, it's got some rough right behind it. Is it and like a little waterfall over the back. It's, it's like, it's like, it's, like, it's like it's like you got the green here and it kind of falls off to the right yeah. and then it's in the water. I mean, if it goes off right, it's it's in the water. And then, but then there's a hill on the backside. So if you're if you go long, you're basically chipping straight down back down down the green, and that's not you're you're dead. You're 15 foot at best. So it's 104 yards. I tell him say it's 104 yards. We're gonna play this. I uh, said so we're gonna play this at most 100, right? Because we're just we want to leave it short of the pin. He goes, oh no, I I don't like 100. He goes, how about 103? I said, 103? I said, no, 100 yards. He goes, okay, 102. I said, no. How tall? <laughs> we're hitting this 100 yards. He said, we're going to hit this 100 yards, right? He goes, okay, all right, 100 yards. This thing goes right at the flag. It pitches probably probably six or eight inches from the flag and goes right off the back of the green, spins back onto the fringe. Oh, my God. And I'm so just how like. How many yards was it? From danger. One well, yard. it was only, oh, it was, yeah, a yard from danger, maybe, if, if that. I just didn't want to get stuck up on the hill. Yeah. So it spins back and it's kind of on the fringe, but we only have maybe, because it's only like three yards on, so we only have like maybe nine, ten foot. And uh, I was just like, in my mind, I'm thinking, this guy has just tried to hit a 104-yard shot to a 104-yard pin, and we've one-hopped it over the green. I said, we literally have 60 yards short of this that we can land this. But um, ended up, and at that point, is your like heart racing? Because obviously, for the caddy, you want your player to win, right? You want trophies, you want you want money, like true. You're gonna make a cut of what he makes. But see, also at this time, I'm so green in this. I mean, this is the first European Tour event. I've been literally your first one. This is my first European Tour. So you won your first one. So we, (laughs) I did, I did. I won my first European Tour event, and again, don't know how we did that. Two put this than a one put. So we two putted. We actually lipped it out on the high side, oh, but wow. um, but he two putted it, and so you know now he's like he's like kind of a like oh wow. It's funny enough who we were playing with that day was Terrell Hatton and Alex Norin, and so they're two caddies. I'll I'll remember that forever as well. Um, they were just kind of like congratulating him, like wow, you know what a great what a great round because we just shot eight under. 
you know, to, to win the tournament. Oh um, but yeah, we went into the, went into the, the score intent and we just kind of sat there on the TV and watched the TV and watched the last group. So we knew we had to basically hole out from the middle of the fairway oh and uh, he ended up making birdies. So I think we won by two, but wow, it was what a, what a, that, that to me was my best caddy and able to just tell him in the moment, just step, I don't know why I yeah. stepped up, but step up and say, Hey, we're hitting the seven iron here. You know, that's what we need. I said, but at the time, you older than how Tonk or similar age? I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm five years to the day. Yeah, same wow. day. Yeah. So may, maybe even just that little bit of confidence. Mm. He's 19 year old. You're I know, not old yeah, still. You're 20, 24, yeah, 24 at that point. 20, yeah. You can go. No, this is the way to play this hole. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. class. <laughs> that was such a good. St- I was literally. I was there with you through every single <laughs> sentence, and I was like literally pitching the hole. That was class. Uh, it's you know it's one of those those memories I have that obviously I'll never forget. But I, I can remember it like, you know, I mean, I can, like you just said, I can visualize it and yeah. just remember every single moment of that walking down 18. So gross. And but just being like, I, I can't believe what's happening right now. Like, I'm actually, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. So when you first won, though, obviously that's ridiculous. How did, did that then almost give you some ridiculous expectations moving forward? Or did you know that to win is like very rare? I knew that like, you know, I knew he was a good player. Yeah. And... I was just kind of thinking, wow, like, what does this change? And what's funny is I had only packed for one week to come to China because we were going back to play his web.com then, but Corn Ferry Tour. And so I'd only packed for one week. And so he's now like, hey, we're, we're going down to Mauritius next week. <laughs> you know, like, we've we got to go Mauritius, and then we're uh, Irish Open, and then we're Wentworth. And then I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I have no clothes for this. But um, I think you could buy a few after that win. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Nike sent full, some full, full very Gucci quickly. Yeah. yeah, Nike sent some very quickly <laughs> nice, after that one. Um, that, that's one of the things. Like when you go to a, a new player or when you're working with a player, you got to wear their sponsored clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, usually so they yeah. normally sort you out with all the clothing. And they stuff. do. Yeah, yeah. That's they usually good. do. Yeah, it's yeah. What's okay? That was lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm burst your bubble now. <laughs> go for it's it. The worst thing you've ever done. What 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 oh, what man. do you really regret? Caddying for Rick Shields. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to haunt him for life today. Uh, uh, again, without, without spoiling, after the first tee shot, I was like, oh, this will be a fun day. When he goes to, to his <laughs> next caddying for Lex, he's like, why is he waiting 50 yards right every shot? Like, oh, sorry, I've still got Rick in my mind. <laughs> I still got Rick's, Rick's draw in my mind. Oh, worst, worst one. Um, you know, I've, I've missed, I've missed some numbers. You know, I've missed... It's a numbers big time, actually. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but usually so, so I missed one in a major, look, and that, one wasn't, that was annoying. Oh, crap. How yeah. many yards by? Well, it was it was 10, but it was a wedge. All right. So it was actually it was actually 88 yards, and I gave it 108 yards. So I was 10 off. I was actually 20 off, but I'm saying, like, I walked it off from the, the sprinkler head, right? But I it was uphill, straight uphill. And what I did was when I walked it backwards, I realized, oh, there's a sprinkler head right here. I said, but I've already walked 10. So I added the 10 to that one just, again, in the moment. And then I gave it the up for the rest of the the shot. And, of course, it's a back pin. I mean, why why couldn't I get this on a front pin to to where it's not a big deal? We're just middle of the green. So it was actually with Ann, and it was in the PGA, KPMG PGA Championship. And – yeah, we, we one-hopped that one right over the green. And, and what, did you, what did you have to do at that point? Just hold your hands up. So oh, she didn't know. Blame, man. <laughs> so she, she was, too hard. <laughs> she didn't go, 
Did you thin that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, it caught a bit of wind there, didn't it? Um, God, no. you are, yeah, I hit it long ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, jump her out of the rough there. Jump her out of the fairway, I mean. Um, no, I, I she actually didn't realize I'd, I'd done it. She just was like, wow, you know, I kind of hit that too hard. And I realized it on the green, right? Because I kind of really looked at my book. I was like, why did that go that far? And I looked at it on the green. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this was, this was definitely on me. And so she didn't realize that we make bogey. We actually think three putt from the back. Um, well, I was wrong on the fringe, but anyway, made bogey. Um, ended up missing the cut that week by one. <laughs> it was actually by two, but that was one that kind of spun us out of the, you know, in, in the wrong direction. But I, I told her uh, after she she putted out, I said, "Hey, after, I got to tell after, you, this after is after you left her and moved to Lexi Thompson. That's when you told no, her. No, no, you remember no. the seventh? No, <laughs> you remember the seventh at the KPMG? That was me. So what happened after that? Then you so told her. I told her, and she was like, and she was actually really, really cool about it. And she goes, "Hey, you know what? Look, we all make mistakes. It's all right. No big deal." I said, "Let's just go get one now. Let's go get another that, one." That's obviously making the mistake is annoying for you and mm -hmm. for her but i suppose the fact that you were honest about it straight away that builds that level of trust even deeper sure. as a caddy sure. and, you know relationship so she probably did really value the fact you just because you could have got away with it i guess yeah no I, if i had not said anything then we would you know never would have nobody would have ever known the other thing I, another one i did was actually with ann again um <laughs> where was oh this is us open i, I have a thing for majors wow apparently. yeah um she it was the last hole of the day we were playing so this was in, in houston um, and we played two courses. So this is on our other course. Last hole of the day, we were like way late in the afternoon. And uh, we, uh, we'd we hit one in the fairway bunker. And originally, she was going to just hit the wedge out, you know, wedge it up and, you know, hit her third shot from the fairway. Then decided that we probably could get there or at least push it up further. So instead of putting the club back in the bag, she set it on the side of the bag, right? Well, I'd, gone, I'd laid the bag down um to go get the rake so i went you know she hit the shot whatever got the rake raked it up picked up the bag didn't realize the club was still laying next to the bag i guess it'd like fallen off to the side so i left the club in the middle of the fairway which was the, the lob wedge which was very you know very well used around the uh, u.s open uh and didn't realize it until the next morning we wow. had to come back for yeah because i, I you know after we finished 18 uh, which that was 18th all we you know set the bag down put it in her car or whatever and um you know kind of went on our way and then she was like the next morning she's like do you know where my pitching or my lob wedge is and i said well it should be in there and she's like well I, I did hit some chips at the house last night so i don't know maybe it's at the house so i actually got in the car drove all the way to the house right which is like 20 minutes we got there way early luckily 20 minutes looked around the house and was like I don't, I don't see the wedge. Like, I don't know where this wedge is. And I started thinking, like, I mean, I know I put it back in, right? And then doubt started kicking in. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I left this wedge. I said I left this wedge in the fairway yesterday. I was like, I don't know where it is. I don't know if somebody's going to take it. I don't know if maintenance has it. I said, but we've got another round to play today. It's not like if you left your golf club at a golf club – and uh, sorry, golf club at a resort or mm -hmm. whatever, you'd probably think it's going to be in the pro shop. Yeah, right. You leave a club at a tour event, 
the it's US too, Open. There's too many places it could be. Oh, somebody could see it, pop right under that rope, snag it, and be like, yep, nobody else know it. that. It could be, it could be mm-hmm. the crowd could have taken it, a marshal might have moved it, it might be in the back of a buggy, it might have been handed over to, to The security. guy picking up the pens could grab, you know, yeah, like you lost, never know who has found. it. It could be in the caddies, the players, it could be anywhere. Yeah, so where I... Was, where was it? I, well, luckily, somebody in maintenance had picked it up and turned it into the USGA office, thankfully. They didn't know whose it was. Um, so when I left the house, I was like, and this is, this is not, it's not at the house. And she was like, well, let me go ask around here or whatever. And she still had no idea like how it got out there. And then, so obviously I had to come clean on that. I'm like, yeah, I think I left it on the bunker. My bad. My bad. <laughs> so we're walking from the putting green to the, to the range when I, so she went ahead and started warming up doing her putting drills and all that. So I got back from the house when she was like headed to the range I picked up the bag or whatever, and and by that time she had gotten the wedge back from the USGA, and uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm you know really sorry." She goes, "Let's just not talk about this, okay?" She's like, "We need to be focused on today. Let's not talk about this, ever." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, okay, yeah, yeah let's." Oh let's, my god, that's <laughs> so that was one that I was like, "I bet gosh. I bet you hear quite a few things that you can caddies do, and I bet afterwards over a few pints you're like, oh, definitely. Guess what I've done today, fellas? Oh, there's a lot definitely. that can go wrong, though, yeah. isn't there? That's there's a lot to remember, a lot to do. It's a Im- really integral, important mm-hmm. role, and like that's why you are part of the team. The worst feeling, though, of all time when you're as you're a caddy is sleeping in. Oh, oh there's not a worse thing than oh waking up many, and seeing nine say? missed calls from your player and go, oh my gosh, have I have I missed the tee time completely or do I still have time to get there? And have you done, have you done, that? done that? I have overslept. However, I've never missed a tee time. It Knock on wood. to seven missed calls. Yes. So that's early. You, you guy rings me seven times. So, that's like for a podcast. Right, yeah. guy, guy, I get seven missed calls and go, I'm supposed to be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it. I actually did it with Hao Tong once. Um, as you know, I, I had overslept, or, or actually, it was we were in Europe somewhere, and I did this was back when, like, kind of my first time in Europe, and I didn't know that the plugs you have to hit the little switch to turn the plug on. So I plugged my phone in and didn't hit the switch. I had no idea. And so it just didn't charge all night. And so it went, you know, it died in the middle of the night. So my alarm never actually went off. Oh, my God. And, and then they couldn't ring you. Right. Because your and phone then, was dead. Right. And then I just, luckily, I just happened to wake up and was like, wait, why is my phone, like, hey, it's light out. Because this was like, a, we're early, early. And I was like, why, why is it light out? I should be, it should be dark right now. Because I was going to, like, at like five. Oh, that's a horrible feeling. Oh, my gosh. There yeah. is no feeling worse than just dropping. I hate that. It's awful. Oh, my God. Well, Will, you have been a pleasure. Thank you for yeah, caddying for me today. Absolutely. You were phenomenal. Um, great to catch up with you again. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing your journey and, and your journey with Lexi and your journey in the world of caddying anyway. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, really enjoyed it. You've been awesome. Thanks for watching, everybody listening. Make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> we'll see you soon. See you later. <laughs> Peace. See you. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.